0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to... To Those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY radio. Draw me close to you, never let me go and lay it all down again. Do you say that I'm a friend? Good day. The almighty creator desires a deep, personal relationship with you. If you die as an unbeliever, your spirit will live for a very long time as a disembodied ancestor, spirit, or demon. The creator has said regarding unbelievers, why would I want someone to spend eternity with me when they do not believe I exist? If you die as a believer without any form of relationship with the creator, you will end up in the outer darkness a cold, black, terrible place with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, your teeth, the trash heap of heaven. Father has said concerning such believers, why would I want someone to be close to me in heaven, which inherently means I will give them great prestige and authority if they do not have a deep personal relationship with me and have not proven to me that they can be trusted in this life? In stark contrast, If you make a real effort to seek relationship with the Almighty, the rewards in the life to come are huge. A glorious resurrected body, great prestige, great authority, and a permanent close relationship with the Creator and with Yahushua, who you may mistakenly know as Jesus. To put this all in context, the Almighty has said, I created human beings, this planet and this universe, for men and women to be my friends, my companions, to explore and learn and develop together. My greatest grief is that almost no person understands this, let alone seek such a relationship with me. Today we're going to talk about the essence of my message regarding critical end-of-life scenarios. The overview There's a general lack of knowledge of what faces human beings when they reach the end of their lives. There's a general pervasive unease when it comes to the question of death, but very little understanding of what the scenarios are when one dies. I'll share some caveats. We will start by looking at what happens to someone who dies as an unbeliever. We'll then look at death as a believer, starting with nominal believers, then accepted believers, then rejected believers. And we'll then look at time in hell. We will discuss the rewards for believers in heaven, starting with rank, a glorious resurrected body, and power and authority. We will discuss all the ranks, starting with relevant believers, then meaningful believers, and finally irrelevant believers. Finally, we will look at the state of your relationship with the almighty creator. By way of introduction, who am I? James Robertson. I have a doctorate in engineering and I'm a retired military commander. I now work as a general manager. I have nearly 30 years experience of actively seeking to draw close to the almighty, following a dramatic encounter with him on the 12th of March 1993 when he spoke to me audibly in a locked room and I knew for certain that he was real. I was confirmed in the Anglican Church at the age of about 13 and served as an altar boy for a number of years from the age of 19. Eventually, married to an unbeliever, I became disenchanted with the hypocrisy in the church and backslid to a point where I was not even sure the Almighty existed. In this backslidden state, I embarked on an adulterous affair which, when it ended, left me desperate and suicidal. It was then that the Almighty spoke to me and I realized that my intellect had gotten me into a right mess and I chose to serve Him faithfully for the rest of my life. In doing this, I applied my deep-seated aversion to failure, born out of an accident in early childhood, coupled to my engineering and military training of rigor and preventing failure, to my seeking of knowledge about Father. This journey led to numerous supernatural experiences, prayers answered, and clear communication with the Creator that forms the basis for what I teach in these programs. What is End Time Issue Ministries? It's the organizational vehicle for delivering my message through email articles, websites, this radio program, physical books, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, SlideShare, and Twitter. What is this program? The Creator desires a deep personal relationship with you. It represents the essence of my message. See the website www.endtimeissueministries.org for more information. It's end time issue ministries one word, dot org for more information. See also www.relationshipwithcreatorradio.com. with creator It's relationship with creator radio one word dot com. Click on the show on the top menu and then podcasts on the drop down for previous broadcasts or search on Google for quote relationship with creator radio unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are at least three podcast websites where you can find the back issues of these broadcasts, also on YouTube and, and LinkedIn. So today we're going to, just is based on the uh, article 2022-0702, The Essence of My Message Regarding Critical End-of-Life Scenarios. There's a general lack of knowledge of what faces human beings when they reach the end of their lives. There's a general pervasive unease when it comes to the question of death, but very little understanding of what the scenarios are when one dies. This article seeks to address this issue. So what happens? Where do we go? Death, the undiscussable outcome that we all face. In answering this question, it is vital to understand the fundamental principle that the entire universe, this planet, plants, animals, and human beings exist for one reason only. Your mighty creator, whose true name is Yah, the eternally self-existing, specifically Yah, was lonely and he wanted friends. If you don't understand that principle, your whole life ends up, I'm sorry to say, being pretty pointless. Father was lonely. He'd always existed. He had no companions. He had no friends. He conceptualized conceptualized friends. He said about creating an environment where he could create highly intelligent beings with the ability to choose the ability to make decisions, the ability to ask questions, the ability to be inventive, to put them on this planet. And he had many, many trials before he got it right. To put this in context, as I said earlier, the Almighty has said, I created human beings this planet and this universe, for men and women to be my friends, my companions, to explore and learn and develop together. My greatest grief is that almost no person understands this, let alone seeks such a relationship with me. Father set about creating intelligent beings with the ability to choose, to exercise original thought, to be creative, who could interact with him, become his friends and enjoy doing things together with him. To this end, his, he first created the universe with multiple solar systems and a myriad of stars and planets, until he created our solar system and our planet Earth, which turned out to meet his requirements. He created many other solar systems and planets before he created our planet Earth, which met his requirements, to home the highly intelligent beings mentioned above. See the article, Essence of My Message Re- history our, our World Today, on the website. Folks, it's entirely possible, in fact probable, that there are any number of planets in the universe with comparable environments to ours. It's entirely possible that on some of those planets, Father experimented and created beings that didn't turn out the way he wanted them, and so he abandoned them until he eventually came to planet Earth, and he created us. Still with some problems, which we'll talk about in a minute, but enabled to create us. And my message always is you are here to be his friend. If you're not his friend, you're missing out on your life purpose, and I encourage you today to choose to become his friend. In conjunction with creating us, he created a home in heaven for those who successfully completed their trial on earth. This is spectacularly glorious, and those who successfully complete the the trial graduate with spectacularly glorious bodies, great authority, and greater power at a wide range of levels. In this process, he also created messengers, you might know them as angels, to assist him. And one of these rebelled and led a third of the messengers in heaven in rebellion. This resulted in something that today is called the contest. See the webpage, the Essence Rules of Engagement contest. There are two broad options available us to us when we die. I should actually say that's available to us before we die. Uh, when you die, it's too late, you committed. You can die as an unbeliever or you can die as a believer. These two options are discussed below. In considering what follows, it is vital to understand that throughout the creative process, failed experiments were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where they were instantly consumed and destroyed by the fire. This is the incinerator of heaven. So, if you're sentimental and and have a need for God to be sort of soft and squishy and soppy and lovey-dovey. There's a bit of a setback because the fact of the matter is, he this is a clinical process up to the time that we came into existence. And if it didn't work, he just disposed of it. Nothing, nothing particularly uh, emotional or anything about it. It just this hasn't worked put it in the incinerator, let's try again. So let's talk about death as an unbeliever. In the original design, it was recognized that it was possible that some human beings would not believe. It was intended that these failed experiments would be utterly destroyed in the lake of fire and brimstone. However, as a consequence of Satan's challenge and the contest, this judgment was placed in abeyance such that if Satan wins the contest, all those who serve him, including all unbelievers, will remain on earth for eternity. If this happens, Yahweh will instantly remove his universal spirit and all living plants, animals, and humans will die. Satan will be left ruling over billions of demons and satanic messengers, angels. Accordingly, once the contest commenced, there was nowhere for dead unbelievers to go except to remain on earth with their corpses. Since human spirits require a body in order to be mobile, these spirits called ancestor spirits or demons are stuck on their corpse when they die unless harvested by a satanic messenger, satanic angel or Satan servant and used to haunt or oppress other human beings. This is really important to understand. If you die as an unbeliever, there is nowhere for your spirit to go. If you happen to be killed um, by lava flow on a volcano and your corpse is entombed, your spirit will be entombed with your corpse till the end of the millennium at the very least and maybe for eternity. If you just die and you're buried, your spirit will go into the grave with you unless you're sharp enough and have the opportunity before your corpse is buried or consumed in the uh, fire in the um, crematorium to get on to somebody else. Typically a relative or somebody who embraces your corpse and says, oh, I'm so sorry to see you go or whatever. So, uh, you know, that's part of the logic behind awake, is that it gives people an opportunity to pick up the spirit off the the dead person. If you a fairly accomplished sinner, then you may be harvested, as I said a minute ago, by a Satan servant or by a, a, a satanic messenger and used to oppress somebody else, lead them into deeper sin. The key thing to understand here is that if you die as an unbeliever, you die as a servant of Satan, and you go into his realm and into his control, and it's not pleasant. There's a widespread tendency amongst unbelievers to think they're going to end up in a nice place when they die. This is a consequence of wrong teaching by some believers who failed to distinguish between the situation of believers versus unbelievers on death, which this article is seeking to address. Fundamentally, the Almighty has said regarding unbelievers, why would I want someone to spend eternity with me when they do not believe I exist? So fundamentally, unbelievers do not go to heaven. Folks, this is a really important principle. If you're an unbeliever and you somehow think, I I read a An article a day or two ago, um, somebody said, well, he's up there and he's looking down and he's smiling. Well, that may be the case if the person concerned was a believer on earth. But if they're an unbeliever, that's certainly not the case. They're, They're sitting on their corpse, sitting on someone else, thinking how badly they were tricked and what a miserable deal they've made. So if you die as an unbeliever, you face two possible outcomes. If you're a good human being, good human beings who have no use to the forces of darkness are either left with a corpse in the grave, crematorium oven, wherever their corpse falls, unless they accidentally manage to transfer to a family member or friend who touches their corpse before the corpse is disposed of. Important to understand that the human spirit without a body has no mobility in the sense of being able to move from point A to point B. All they can do is attach themselves to something, be it a human being, be it an animal, be it a physical entity. And there they sit. They're stuck. They go wherever their host goes, and that's it. And then we have accomplished sinners, human beings who die with significant accomplishment with regard to sin, be it in fornication, lying, stealing, blaspheming, etc. Are harvested by a satanic messenger or human Satan servant, a witch, a Satanist, etc. They're sent for training as how to be an effective demon, and then they're deployed on a target human being to lead them into further sin. There are various ranks of demons as discussed on the website. Folks, this is really, really important. Demons are human beings. They order things in the demonic spirit realm the way human beings do. So they have co- courses. They they take demons to a place, and they teach them how to be better demons. They have um, governance, and they have a hierarchy of command and control. In all cases, when an unbeliever dies, their guardian messenger guardian angel, takes them first to a viewing port overlooking heaven, where they are shown heaven and told that they will never enter. Then they're taking to a viewing port overlooking the lake of fire and brimstone, where they're told that this is where they'll end up if Satan loses the contest. They then return to their corpse, where one of the two above outcomes eventuates, left with the corpse or harvested for deployment as a demon. Note that either way, death as an unbeliever is seriously unpleasant and you're going to have many, many years to regret your decision not to believe. In the best case, at the end of millennium, Satan will lose the contest and you'll be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and you'll be utterly destroyed. In the worst case, Satan will win the contest. Father will remove his spirit from earth. Everything will die. So the human host that you're on will die, and you'll sit there on their rotting corpse forever. Unless you're picked up by a a satanic messenger, which is only going to happen if you're a particularly effective, particularly evil, evil demon. And then that's really not going to help you because the the demons and the satanic messengers are going to have nothing to do at fight with each other because there are no live human beings for them to torment or whatever. And the whole dispensation on earth changes to something that's pretty mind-bogglingly horrible. So I want to suggest for your consideration that you really do not want to die as an unbeliever. Let's talk about death as a believer A believer is someone who has at some stage had a profound realization of the existence of the Creator. This may be a momentary realization, or it may be a deep, settled assurance of his existence. For believers, there are three possible outcomes. Number one, a nominal believer. For those who had a momentary realization of the existence of the Creator, such such as at a Christian crusade, during confirmation in their early teenage years, a moment in church, synagogue, mosque, temple, etc., but thereafter continue to live their lives as though the Almighty does not exist. They'll end up in the outer darkness, a cold, black, terrible place, with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, the teeth of the believer, the trash heap of heaven. Father has said concerning such believers, why would I want someone to be close to me in heaven which inherently means I will give them great prestige and authority if they do not have a deep personal relationship with me and have not proven to me that they can be trusted in this life. Folks, I'm not sure if this is not worse than dying as an unbeliever. Because if you die as a nominal believer and you end up in the outer darkness, you are there for eternity. It's black, it's cold. You're going to grind or gnash your teeth in grief and upset at how you wasted your life. And you're going to do that forever and ever and ever. I don't think anybody wants that end. And very few people are telling the truth about that. And there are a lot of people who are lying about that and uh, you need to check out what you believe. Basically, in the original design, Yah did not anticipate this category of person. So when he started to encounter such people, the only place left for them in heaven was the outer darkness. There was no space for them in the throne room of heaven. On death, these people were taken to the judgment seat, judged, spend time in hell as appropriate, and are then banished to the outer darkness for eternity. As I said a minute ago, it can be argued that it is preferable to die as an unbeliever than as a nominal believer destined for the outer darkness. Those who make it their business to create believers and then leave them to struggle to work out their salvation will be harshly judged. It's important to understand, Father is not vengeful or ugly in the way he treats people. He planned this thing out very carefully didn't work out the way he'd intended. Satan rebelled, took a third of the messenger's angels with him, challenged him to the contest and said, basically, if you put me on earth for 7,000 years, at the end of 7,000 years, there will not be a single human being that is in a position to call for judgment on me. There will not be a single human being who believes you exist. So Satan has spent the last 6,000 plus years trying to get human beings to not believe the Almighty exists, and if they believe the Almighty exists, to get them into such sin that they're powerless and ineffective. So if you're a believer at some level, and you're not working systematically to get to be free of sin, and to be a a useful servant to Father, you're going to be pretty disappointed when you die. The second category of believer is an accepted believer. If a person has come to a deep realization of the existence of the creator such that a solid state change has taken place in their spirit, some people call this born again, and that person has made a significant effort to serve the Almighty, that person will qualify to enter heaven at one of the categories of ranks discussed in a minute. They will muster in that rank while on earth, but they will only receive their reward after they die they will be in heaven for eternity with that rank they will spend time in hell the place of torment for correction of unrepented sin for all unrepented sin before they they enter heaven so that's a, a very different outcome to the previous outcomes that I've discussed you can go to heaven and end up in the throne room in a place of resplendent glory and power and authority and beauty. That's where we're all actually intended to end up. And we were all intended to be near the front of the throne room, all intended to, as many as possible, to qualify to sit on, on thrones. And the sad thing about it is that there are a lot of empty thrones at this stage because human beings have been so convincingly distracted and Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's sobering if you've grown up with a sort of mindset well, I'm just going to muddle on and do my thing and I'll worry about my job and I'll worry about my family and I'll worry about my sport and I'll worry about this and I'll worry about that. But I really don't have any time for the almighty creator. You're going to get such a horrible shock on the day that you die and you're brought before the judgment seat and you see the glory and then you say, oh, my goodness gracious me, I've made some bad mistakes. And then there's a rejected believer. Thankfully, there are not too many of these, but they do happen and it could happen to you if you're not careful. If a person at one time qualified for the previous category category, but then degenerated into ongoing acknowledged sin, rebellion or disobedience to the Almighty they will eventually be rejected. In this case, they will go through the same process as the previous category. But at the point that on leaving hell, they should have been admitted to heaven, they will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and in a moment of torment and terror, they will be totally consumed and utterly destroyed. So a rejected believer is, is someone who believed at some point in time, got into sin or was already in sin, repented of the sin, carried on with the sin, repented of the sin, carried on with the sin, a certain number of times until they get to a point where the Almighty says, enough, you know what you're doing, you're not willing to change, I reject you, you're judged unsuitable. It's nowhere for you to go. You can't go back to being a demon if you've at some level served Father, which is what we're talking about, you can't go back now to being a nominal believer. There's only one place to go, and that's the lake of fire and brimstone. As I said, not too many people end up in this category, but people are not aware of it. It can happen. If you are a believer and you have some habitual sin, you need to repent and stop doing it. And if you're battling to stop doing it, you need to go before Father and say, Father, help me. I know I shouldn't be doing this. I keep doing it. I keep slipping into it. Please help me. Please help me. Please help. And then do what you find to do. You've probably got demons that are helping you. Get rid of the demons. Then a time in hell. As mentioned above, if a believer dies with unconfessed and unrepented sin, they will be judged and sent to hell, the place of torment and correction for believers with unrepented sin. See the webpage Hell on the website for paintings of some of the different forms of torment in hell for different sins committed by believers. To understand this, remember that Yeshua, Jesus, paid a terrible price for the repented sins of believers. Read the webpage Miracle of Yeshua, Jesus' death. It's therefore entirely appropriate that those who fail to avail themselves of the benefits of Yeshua's sacrifice should pay a terrible price for their sin. Once the believer has paid the price for the unrepented sin, they're admitted to heaven with the rank appropriate to what they did for father during their life on earth below. See what follows. This is really important, folks. You can be, as a believer, you can do quite a bit for Father. But if you persist in hell, in sin, for example, you insist on continuing to keep him calling him God or the Lord. Jesus, Yeshua Jesus if you continue to refer to the Bible as the Holy Word of God and to put it on a pedestal and to worship it in the sense that a vast majority of Christians do or the Quran for the same for that matter or any other religious book, if you put it above the level of being a relatively authoritative useful book and you say it's the Word of God or whatever, you're guilty of idolatry. If you worship Jesus, you're guilty of breaking the first commandment. Yah is one, not a Trinity or whatever. And so you will go to hell to pay the price for believing that if you don't deal with it in this life. So there's a piece about saying, Father, I ask you in the name of Yeshua to judge me severely, correct me harshly, and I ask you to, del- sorry. Judge me severely and correct me harshly that I may serve you more perfectly. And then deal with whatever is brought to your attention. The rewards in heaven for believers, fundamental to our existence on earth, is to develop a deep personal relationship with the Almighty Creator. You are the eternally self existing during this life. For those that do this, they will be rewarded in heaven for eternity. This reward will comprise, first of all, rank. A rank in heaven commensurate with what they accomplished for Father Yahweh on earth during their life here. Those with the highest ranks will be closest to the Creator and Yeshua in heaven, and those with the lowest ranks will be furthest away but still in the throne room. These ranks are are discussed as follows. So what's important to understand is that... uh, There are a lot of empty thrones at this stage. There's a lot of empty space in heaven close to the thrones. In fact, there's a lot of empty space in heaven in general because not that many people have believed and not that many people have served Father Yah faithfully to the ends of their lives. So there's a huge opportunity for you to become a friend to qualify for a high rank in heaven, to sit on one of the highest thrones in heaven, if you will take the bull by the horns, say, Father, I want to be your friend, and go all out to get there. And that's my mission. That's to persuade you to do that. Second reward is you will get a glorious resurrected body, commensurate with your rank. So if you are a high rank, you will have a fabulous resurrected body, spiritual body, Those who've seen Yeshua get confused that he's he's God because he's his glorious resurrected body and certain manifestations. He's got massive power. He can engage in multiple conversations at the same time. He can listen to multiple people at the same time. He can manifest in multiple places at the same time. He's massively powerful because he is the most powerful created being in existence. And then you also get power and authority commensurate with your rank. This can include authority over cities, nations, planets, solar systems, star systems, etc., as appropriate to your rank. And again, Yeshua has massive authority in the heavenly realm. So this is really important to understand, folks. If you get these three things about the rank, the glorious body, and the power and authority, There are some jolly good reasons for you to make a serious effort to serve Father Yah on earth in this life. You can have a high rank in heaven. You can have a glorious body. You can have power and authority. It's entirely, entirely at your discretion and under your control. You either choose to live your life that way, you pray the prayers that are set out on the website and other prayers as you lead, and you seek to serve Father in this life and to do something for him. Or you don't. And then you mustn't be surprised you get your rewards in this life and not in the life to come. So let's talk about the ranks in heaven for believers on the basis of their accomplishments for Father. While on earth, believers will receive a rank that reflects their relationship with Father and their accomplishments. These accomplishments are generally very different to what human beings consider to be accomplishments. Those who are rewarded with great prestige glory on earth will mostly not qualify for high reward in heaven. Those with high, high reward in heaven will often be people who have devoted their lives to service of Yah while living in straitened circumstances. Note that there are very few people on earth today who qualify for rank in the kingdom. On the 25th of December 2015, there were about 2.7 million believers of any significance on earth, with only about 5,000 being at some level relevant and making an impact. Since then, those numbers have decreased. They're dying out. The believers are dying out. Unless you have a very clear assurance that you're one of these people, I suggest that you take this message very seriously and up your game substantially. See the article, Essence of What Our Father Wants from You, on the website. The ranks are as follows. Counts are numbers on earth as at the 25th of December 2015. See the webpage, Demographics of the Kingdom. Folks, I hope I've got your attention. There are 2.7 million believers, or there were in end of 2015, 2.7 million believers of any significance on earth. Out of a global population of some 7 billion or something like that. Minute number of people. And unless you are working hard to be one of those people, you're going to have a nasty shock when you die. So there's slightly over 5,000 believers, or there were in December 2015, what I've termed relevant believers. These are having some impact, some level of impact on earth and the kingdom of Yah in this age. The first category is generals. And at that stage, there was one. The highest category of friend, moving with great anointing and therefore power and anointing comparable to Yeshua, performing comparable miracles, preaching and teaching powerfully and drawing thousands to true belief. Two in July, 2022, very highest thrones in heaven, generating revival on earth. And that's not entirely true in the sense that those people are still maturing and growing. Getting to be a general is a lengthy process. Getting to get that level of anointing, there are various articles in the website that will tell you how to get there. It's hard work. It requires sacrifice. And it's worth it if you understand the rewards that there are for getting to that place. And then friends is the second category. Sees things Father's way, deeply committed to serving Yah, makes a difference on earth, qualifies for amongst the highest thrones in heaven. Generals go to the highest of the high thrones, and the friends go to the highest, the, the next level of friends So friend hasn't got the same level of anointing, they're not moving with the same power and authority on earth, but it's a very, very special place, and you could aim for that. I would encourage you to set your sights on the very least of becoming a friend, and even better still, becoming a general. Then the overcomers in December 2015, there were about 20 really serving the Almighty in a significant way, but still a lot of error in the present age, lower-level thrones in heaven. So I'm not sure whether the 20 is increased or decreased. I think it may have increased slightly. I believe so through the impact of my teachings and the ministry and the websites and all the people who have been touched. But it's still a very small number. These are people who have really overcome sin. They're walking in victory at some level on earth, and they're having a significant impact on, on earth. And then the last of the relevant categories, the bulk of the 5,000 good and faithful servants. These people are starting to have a meaningful impact. They're at the fr- they end up at the front of the throne room next to the thrones in heaven. So these, these are people who are, are, are powerful servants. These three, four categories that I've just spoken about, the generals, the friends, the overcomers, and the good and faithful servants, are the ones that are making an impact on earth. And the sad thing is that even there, those that fall into those categories are just scraping by because most of them are still in serious error and it doesn't matter. There, there are people in those categories who are Christians, there are people that are Jews, there are people that are uh, Muslims, and there are people that are other religious groupings but they're all still in serious error. Most of them who are Christians are worshipping Jesus and the Bible. Most of them who Jews are worshipping the Torah. Most of them who are Muslims are worshipping the Quran and Muhammad. And the irony about the Muslims is the Quran tells them, condemns the Christians for worshipping Jesus and the Bible. And then they go on and they worship Muhammad and and, and uh Quran, it's it's actually quite sad. Then the next category, next grouping, I've called meaningful believers, and they're about two there were about 2.7 million in December 2015. That number's reduced quite substantially, I believe. Um, those are people who believe at a level where they declare their faith, they declare their belief they're having little real impact. So these are people who maybe um, meet with others from time to time, talk about Father a little bit here and there. We get the fifth category, the wise stewards, of which there were about 200,000 in are list today, people who are starting to effectively serve the Almighty. They're further back in the throne room in heaven, behind the good and faithful servants. Um, this is the last category of people who are, in reasonable right standing with father. They're having an impact. In category number six, the adulterous wives, about 500,000 believers, men and women, filled with the spirit of Yah, but worshiping Jesus and or the Bible or Muhammad or Moshi Moses or the Torah or the Quran or whatever. Further back in the throne room, behind the wise stewards, And then the foolish virgins, this is the outer reaches of the throne room, about 2 million people in 2015, believers not filled with the spirit of Yah, most remote part of the throne room in heaven behind the adulterous wives. So basically what happened there, Father intended there to be not a huge population on earth and there to be a lot of friends So he set up the thrones for the friends. And then people didn't quite cut it, so then he had to segment the thrones for the overcomers. And then he got the good and faithful servants, and then there were people behind that. So eventually it moved out and moved out until the foolish virgins were at the outer reaches of the throne room. And then when the nominal believers came along, there was nowhere for them to go except the outer darkness. And then there are the irrelevant believers, the nominal believers. There were about 20 million in 2015, um, probably also decreased in the last uh, seven, eight years. As discussed above, those who believe momentarily and then continue to live as though the Almighty does not exist, are destined to spend eternity in the outer darkness in heaven, which is a cold, black dark place that I've talked about before with gnashing of teeth. This group of people will come to committed belief quite quickly in this life, if told the truth. Please see the full article on the websites, The Essence of Message, re really Critical End-of-Life Scenarios. So, folks, this article goes on and discusses the different ranks in the body of unbelievers It's not particularly relevant to these broadcasts because my goal is to teach you about drawing close to Father and um, qualifying to sit on a high throne for eternity. So I'm not going to teach you about the different ranks uh, in the body of unbelievers serving Satan, but it's there if you have an academic interest and you want to see what goes on there. So I'd encourage you to get the, the full article, Essence of Message, the Critical End-of-Life Scenarios, on the website and to if you're interested. Otherwise, they are more relevant things to do with your time. Look at the relationship with Father, becoming a friend of Father, etc. So I want to wrap up by asking you, what is the state of your relationship with your mighty Creator I'd like to ask you to critically examine where you are relative to the almighty creator. Do you talk to him constantly throughout the day and allow him to lead you in every possible way? Are you conscious of him at all times? Do you worship him at every opportunity? Do you count him your friend? Have you clearly and unambiguously heard him call you friend? If not, you're failing in your life purpose and you'll be bitterly disappointed when you die. I hope that with this broadcast, if I haven't done it in previous broadcasts, in this broadcast, I hope that I have sensitized you to the huge spectrum of possible outcomes that face human beings on earth today. I also hope that I've stimulated you to recognize that there is a huge opportunity for you to qualify to sit on a very high throne in heaven for eternity with great power, with great authority, with great splendor, great esteem. It's there for you, whoever you are, whatever you believe today, whatever your race, color, or creed. Father wants you to become his friend. He wants you to, at the very least, qualify to enter the throne room. There's a lot of space in the throne room right now. He'd like you to be in the throne room. He'd like you to be towards the front of the throne room. He'd like you to be on a high throne. So key documents and a video on the main menu Video Why Seek Relationship, Miracle of Yeshua's Death. The Creator desires a deep personal relationship with you. Seven components in drawing close to the Creator, recommended worship. The Creator's name is Yah, the eternally self-existent. The essence of my message to Christians, also articles for Jews, Muslims, other faiths, and unbelievers all available at www.endtimeissueministries.org. That's www.endtimeissueministries, one word, .org. Transcripts of nearly all teachings in this series are available on the website at the bottom of the radio page. Recordings of nearly all of the teachings broadcast so far are available on the radio page, and they're all available at www.relationshipwithcreatorradio.com. That's relationshipwithcreatorradio.com. Click on the show. And then podcasts or search on Google for relationship with creator radio in quotes. There are at least three uh, podcast websites where you'll get back issues. Uh, the more recent uh, back issues also available in on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Books constituting a compilation of most writings published since 1998 till May 2019 are all available near the bottom of the menu at the compilation of most writings pages, about 15 volumes, PDFs with covers ready to print in both A5 and A4 format, about 9,000 pages. I publish regular email articles. Email me at james at endtimeissueministries.org, that's J-A-M-E-S, at endtimeissueministries, Ministries to be added to the list or to seek counsel, or prayer, or give me feedback. Visit the website and use the Google search, the article keyword cloud, the table of contents, and the article search to locate the information you're looking at. Those are all along the top of the menu on the, uh, on the website. Folks, there's a lot of information there, answers to a lot of your questions. You're welcome to email me. I'd love to hear from you. So in closing, thank you for listening. Please send me your questions to james at endtimeissueministries.org. Please email me to join the mailing list at at james.ntimeissueministries.org. If you decide to draw close to the Almighty, please let me know, and I can connect with you by Skype, Zoom, email, or telephone so that I can help you with your journey. I hope to connect with you again next week when I will continue to explore how to become a friend of the Creator. Work with me to make a way for Yeshua to return in victory at the end of the millennium and make His enemies His footstool. Folks, I say this pretty much every broadcast, but I want to say it again. It does not matter. Father will meet you where you are. It does not matter your gender, your race. You could be Asian, African, Indian, European, whatever. Your height, short or tall, rich or poor, fat or thin, blonde, blue eyes, black hair, brown eyes, anywhere in between. Satanist, Christian, Muslim, Jew, Baha'i, Buddhist, Confucian, whatever, rich or poor. Father wants you to become his friend. Pray, Father, I come to you in the name of Yeshua. James Robertson says, I can become your friend. I choose this day to become your friend. Help me to do whatever. I need to do. Right towards the bottom of the, the website, there's a, a, a page on what to do on First Belief. It's an article, Seven Steps of Drawing Close. Get those, read those. Thanks so much. Good night. Father, I-